Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from The Merciless Prairie, written by Cole Matthews. Drought and dishonesty are a dangerous combo. When the land goes bad, men turn sour and mean, and that is just what happens to Vale Tanner, poor Texas cattle rancher who is watching his cattle die in an unrelenting drought. With his mentor, Red Bailey, the two manage to move the few head that have survived, finding a lush valley where they can graze. But all is not what it seems in this area, as the man who owns the land is scheming and stealing from others. As this merciless prairie tries to take his cattle, Vale's past and present collide in a hail of betrayal, love lost, bullets, cattle theft, and more. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from The Merciless Prairie. Prairie Spring Evening and the flatland, rich and somber and always silent. The miles of fresh plowed soil, heavy and black, full of strength and harshness. The growing wheat, the growing weeds, the toiling horses, the tired men. The long, empty roads, sullen fires of sunset fading. The eternal, unresponsive sky. Against all this, youth, flaming like the wild roses, singing like the larks over the plowed fields, flashing like a star out of the twilight. Youth with its unsupportable sweetness, its fierce necessity its sharp desire, singing and singing, out of the lips of silence, out of the earthy dusk. Willa Cather, 1873-1947 The Prairie Grass Dividing The prairie grass dividing its special odor breathing. I demand of it the spiritual corresponding. Demand the most copious and close companionship of men. Demand the blades to rise of words, acts, beings, those of the open atmosphere, coarse, sunlit, fresh, nutritious, those that go their own gait, erect, stepping with freedom and command leading, not following, those with a never-quelled audacity, those with sweet and lusty flesh, clear of taint, those that look carelessly in the faces of presidents and governors, as to say, who are you? Those of earth-born passion, simple, never constrained, never obedient. Those of inland America. Walt Whitman Other states are carved or born. Texas grew from hide and horn. Bertha Hart Nance, 1932 Prologue The Merciless Prairie the mountains had been before them for so many days that their eyes had dried up from squinting at them through the gleam of sun on the alkali flats. Their skins were burnt black or blistered to a fiery red, but still they made their way through the burning wastes, determined on their goal. It was rough in the heat, the spokes dried out and rattled, and the wheels shrunk until their iron tires suddenly clanged off, but not until the wagon tongue snapped did their tempers go. The brunt of abuse was heaped on the Tanner brothers, Vale and Hyde, who were riding at the lead. Vale was taller than Hyde, and most people for that matter. Both were clad in buckskins. They let the insults break on their broad backs. Little things didn't often faze the brothers. 
Nearing their mid-thirties and at the height of their physical powers, a score of trails had burned their bodies into tight ropes of muscle and hardened their minds to many things. Vale knew what they were saying, but he didn't care. They were saying that maybe he would run twenty trains into Santa Fe, but they had passed the Santa Fe Trail a long time back. They might even be betting that he didn't know the way to Oregon any better than he did. It didn't matter. He knew his own brother and their bullwhackers were loyal, and that was the important thing. Even though the newcomers had twenty-five wagons against his ten and stood as a greenhorn majority against his seasoned trailmen. Once he had dared them, All right, go off north to the regular trail if you want, he had said. We are through the Pawnee country now, and they say there are no bad Indians ahead. But remember, I'm taking this trail. That got them riled up. He knew well enough, they said, that they couldn't go it alone. It was clear to them he was trying to trick them. Any fool knew that there were horrible Indians everywhere. So they had mumbled and grumbled through a meeting in which Stephen Barrett, the lawyer, had delivered a fireside speech against Tanner and splitting up the party, and that had been all. Except that Barrett had somehow established himself as spokesman for the immigrants. But even that was negligible, for, by hook or by crook, and by cursing and cajoling, Vale got them to the mountains. They had double-hitched to the first bench. There the trail seemed to go straight up. So Vale and Hyde Tanner hitched five teams to a wagon and dragged it to the second bench. From there, a bluff rose two hundred feet to the top, where an easy trail led off into the plateau beyond. The first wagon up was one of Vale's own, Hyde's second. Vale tied the great rope himself to the double trees, then carried it up to the pulley, which had been anchored to a rock outcropping by a logging cabin that he meant to sell in Oregon to return to Texas and start his own cattle ranch. He reeved it through and for a moment glanced down the hillside. Below, by the wagon, was the surly gang that was to heave on the rope, and below them, a ten-horse hitch was dragging the next wagon up to the bench. Further down, the rising yellow dust marked where the red of the train straggled upwards. Vale Tanner growled to himself, Damn greenhorns. Then he jerked the rope through and again glowered down the trail. After a while, he jumped down off the rock with a rope in his hands and lunged down the hill as the rope shrilled through the pulley. He was down to the others when the rope hauled him up with a jerk, and a cloud of dust burst up around his boots. Hyde called out from the crowd, You notice that rain cloud, Vale? He had noticed it, despite it having been a while since it had rained, and now he looked up again. It was gunmetal gray, and hanging not too far from them. He glanced at the speaker. It was Stephen Barrett, the lawyer. His long face was cut by a thin smile. He was pleased to see that cloud. If that cloud breaks, Barrett said, it will turn this hillside into a river. Hyde shook his head as Vale Tanner swore. The farms, and more importantly, the ranches and cattle needed that rain. Then damn it, we will float the wagons uphill. Roughly, Vale turned on his crew. Now get onto that rope and take a strain. But don't you forget a minute that if you slip, this wagon's gonna go downhill mighty fast and blow a hole right through folks coming up. Now strain, damn you, strain. Grumbling. They seized the rope and arranged themselves along it, so each man had space to grip in. It took longer than Vale had expected. Pull! Vale bellowed, and steadily threw his weight against the rope. Don't jerk! Pull! The chain up above them grated into rock. The pulley screamed shrilly as steel honed against steel. 
Poles clattered out of the freed wheels and men grunted, heaving on the spokes. The merest movement raised choking clouds of dust that hid the peaks in the distance and narrowed vision down to the yellowed wheel spokes on which men hung their weight, or the coarse rope burning their hands. Vale's own fists were fastened on the rope like twisted roots of some giant tree. He felt the great backward surge of power driving out of his unflexing legs. The wagon was inching forward. The dust steadily thickened as thirty pairs of boots stabbed at the slope. But the men continued driving their weight back downhill, dragging the wagon with painful slowness up towards the pulley and the rock. The sun burned down hot on their backs and sweat stung their eyes, but still, no one faltered. The pulling men were down behind the wagon now. It hadn't more than twenty feet to go, and some men were yelling excitedly. They were polers, readying to jam the pole made of oak through. Hyde, like Vale, did not trust green poles. The oak timber had come from a wagon that had fallen off a ridge and smashed up. Get on it, boys, Hyde Tanner bellowed, beating his brother to it. In an instant, Hyde felt the rope in his hands come alive and jerk away from him. He felt the rope dance and heard rocks clattering and saw the yellow dust thicken around him as men below rolled it up. Then Vale yelled, They ain't holding a hind! The dust swirled up from behind, and then a great swath of it rolled down the slope. It was all a yellow nightmare, and Hyde Tanner's iron grip on the rope was as secure as a man's hold on a fistful of water. The rope tail whipped his back in passing and ripping through his hands was greased by his own blood. Then the pulley shrieked, and the hurtling wagon crashed down past Vale and into the yellow cloud of dust from which men were fleeing with frantic haste, including Hyde. Vale watched a polar jam his wagon tongue into a wheel on the far side and held his breath so it caught. But then the tip of the pole rammed the wagon bed, the pole smashing out at the struggling polar with a hundred times his own strength. It caught Hyde's knee and threw him as if he were a mouse flung by a catapult. He went screaming into the dust that hit him from Vale's view. Jump clear, Hyde! Vale yelled at his brother. But he knew it was too late. He watched open-mouthed while the wagon careened down the slope, visible as only an occasional spinning wheel jutting out of the booming dust down toward the ant-like forms crawling up from below. He didn't want to imagine what would happen if that spinning hell reached the women and children. He stood and watched and prayed for them and his brother. Beyond the dust cloud loomed a giant, wind-twisted pine. The wagon took a sudden swerve and smashed against it, the tree shook the body of Hyde Tanner like a twanged bowstring as wheels and wagon timbers seemed to spurt in every direction. Then slowly, the pine tree swayed, then wavered for a moment, and crashed to earth. A damp wind came along and eased the dust away, to show the shattered wagon and the body of his brother lying in a crumpled heap far down the trail. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from The Merciless Prairie. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.